Hi, my name is Molly Schulte Tucker, and I have the privilege of pastoring the good people of Ridgewood Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. October 2022, we are in a worship series called A Generous Church, where we are exploring, envisioning, and celebrating the generosity of God through spirit, heart, and mission. As we prepare plans for 2023, we are casting a vision of generosity. Our leaders are dreaming and praying about what the next year holds for us at Ridgewood Baptist Church. I hope you'll join in the dreaming. On October 9th, we explore a generous vision, focusing on the text from Luke 17, verses 11 through 19, as only one healed leper of 10 returns to Jesus. We hope you'll make plans to join us October 16th for a celebration of our Deacon Emeriti, Joy and Cecil, and then October 23rd, as we celebrate four baptisms and Commitment Sunday for 2023. I have to admit that one of the most wonderful things about being a pastor is getting to see how the Spirit is working in the corners of the church and how it all ties together. How the Spirit is working in extraordinary ways around us, that it has been for years, it is now, and I trust it will continue to do so. I know many of you also catch these glimpses, these winks by the Holy Spirit. And I know it sounds cheesy, but some days I I really just pinch myself that I get this seat. It's truly wonderful to be your pastor and to see how the Spirit continues to move in and among and through Ridgewood Baptist Church. I believe that a part of my job, because it's listed in my job description, and it's actually, I think, part of my job, is to cast a vision for us based on what I know is happening now, where the Spirit is leading us and how realistically and boldly those can tie together with what has been, what is, and where we want to go. So here we are, a vision for 2023. In Luke's gospel that Eileen read for us earlier, Jesus is walking through the borderlands. He's between Galilee and Samaria, somewhere in no man's land, and ten lepers approach him as he walks there. There are several times in scripture, you know, that leprosy or lepers are are mentioned, especially as they approach Jesus and ask for healing. And he does. Jesus heals people from it, 
from leprosy. It's a debilitating disease. It's painful for starters, but the disease was also thought to be a sign of impurity or sinfulness based on one person's lived experience or the parents or family of that person. More or less, that person deserved it. So much so that the religious leaders of the day believed lepers deserved to be outcast from society. Which is why when Jesus is on these borderlands, that's when the lepers approach him. With any group passing through, these 10 lepers will assume they're men, these 10 lepers would have approached and asked for money. That's what lepers would ask other people for, money. They could not work, and they were usually on these borderlands, these outskirts of town. So they would hope that someone transitioning from one place to another might spare some extra change for them to get something to eat but when Jesus came through, they asked him for mercy. They could have asked for money. We don't know. But they asked for mercy. I think there's one of two reasons these lepers would have asked for something like mercy instead of money. One is that they are in pain and they want relief from it. This is more than a sprained toe. This is a lifelong disease. Or two, they ask for mercy because they long to connect with others. They long for touch. They long for acceptance. They long for friendship. So Jesus gives them mercy. He tells them to go to the priest though, signifying that Jesus realizes that he could heal their physical pain, but it is the priest who officially releases them back into society as cleansed people. And really, the story could end here. That is enough. Ten lepers, ten, were healed at the word of Jesus. This is a healing story, if nothing else. That is enough, but that's not where the story ends. There was one leper, just one of the ten, that returned to Jesus. He turned back, the Greek word, he turned around, he turned back, and he returned to Jesus and shouting praise and worship, he threw himself down at Jesus' feet, thanking him and praising God for what had just happened. And to make it more awkward, Jesus recognizes that it's just one of the ten who returned, 
But then he says to this one, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. His faith made him well. Didn't Jesus make him well? All 10 lepers were healed and made well. But Jesus said that this one's faith made him well. So there's something different going on here. Faith, according to Jesus in this moment in Luke, was not just receiving mercy and going on with it. Faith is the intentional return to God to thank who heals us, who comforts us, who shows us mercy in our time of need before we can go forward and make disciples of the world. Two and a half years ago, and I'm not telling you anything you don't know, we screeched to a halt as a society and a world as COVID-19 began spreading quickly and viciously. It wreaked havoc on our collective and individual mental health, and we will feel the effects of the isolation that we were plunged into for years, perhaps decades. I don't know if you remember us talking early on about a virus that happened in 1918 that no one ever talked about because it was so painful to society. We will feel the effects of our isolation for a long time. That's, that's for sure. And while we can admit there were a few diamonds in the rough from COVID-19, we learned a lot about ourselves and others, our needs, our systems, our technology. We have new Facebookers in the room. We missed out, though, on connecting with others. We missed funerals. We missed weddings. We missed Christmas Eve together. We missed Thanksgiving dinners. For two years, we were robbed of togetherness unhindered. We were robbed of dinner tables and conversations, of potlucks, which I will mourn forever. We were robbed of game nights and lunches and meetups at coffee shops. Zoom calls held us over. They helped us survive, but they did not replace hugs or fellowship meals. But here we are, maskless, oh, except for Betty, in the green Jefferson County, living with COVID, not ever post-COVID. But in 2020, whether you prayed for it by name or you pleaded for it unaware, we longed for connection we were missing. Even you introverts longed for it. And what I know beyond a shadow of a doubt is that 
when we do find and nurture connection, we are healthier people. Whether that is spiritually, mentally, emotionally, or physically, we are healthier when we are connected to others. So in the year ahead, let us follow in the footsteps of that one leper who returned whose desire for mercy was a desire for a release from pain, yes, but also a desire for a deep spiritual connection to God and others. That is our deepest ask for mercy. Our deepest desire for mercy is the mercy of knowing we are not alone in this life. So this week... You are going to receive a letter and a pledge card, either by email or in snail mail, about what is coming up in 2023. And in the past couple of weeks, I've gotten to talk with leaders and some groups, and there's more conversations coming about what the next year holds. Because to go back for a couple of years, we've been asking for mercy these leaders, these groups, you are dreaming and doing and dreaming of doing and helping us connect with each other, with God and the greater community. So first, my vision for next year as your pastor is to provide spaces for prayer and worship to connect with God. It's my intention to provide those spaces for you. But I want to share somewhat of what others are doing too. This might be a surprise to some of you who are in those ministry groups, but you'll love it. We're strapping it. We're going, we're going along for the ride. All right. Jenny Johnson, our culinary chair, in a conversation with her this week, I said, if you could do anything, no limits on people, money, time, etc. She said, I'd have a meal every week. I don't know if we're there yet. Don't worry. We're not going to do that every week. But here's what we came to. Next year in 2023, the Hospitality Culinary Group would like to host a monthly fellowship meal. It may be connected to some other event in the life of the church. It may be a standalone dinner or lunch after church. But I'm going to ask that you and your household or your family would commit to those meals. It's not going to be at the same time and day every time. Um, But I would ask that you would commit to it. Because here's the thing. I know it's easier for you to go through a drive-thru. When you're done with work or you're tired or it's cold outside. But... I promise it is more spiritually and mentally and emotionally fulfilling to be around people who will laugh with you and cry with you and eat with you. So next year, 2023, it's on your pledge card to just commit to eat. (laughs) One meal a month. I'll commit to eat. <laughs> Second, and I'm, I'm excited about all of these, but this one is, is really uh, 
it's really in my heart for a while. The Cheryls lead our justice and missions group. And did you know that we have really only had our justice and missions group off the ground after its brief hiatus for about a year? Can you believe that? It feels like it's always been a part of us. So thanks to the Cheryls and all those who are part of the group. You know, about two years ago, our church fell in love with an organization called JMO, Jesus Mobile Outreach. You might hear us say JMO. Um, And I feel like it's part of our DNA now. The first, and second, the first and second Sundays, we ask you to bring non-perishable snacks to put in Ziploc baggies as our last movement of worship on third Sundays. We use the tables in the back to do that. It's been really neat to see how they've just become part of our DNA. We've, we've done a couple of undie Sundays, and anytime I get to say the words undie Sundays, I will. We collect for them during giving instead of giving up. I feel like we've formed a good relationship with JMO. Thanks to you all. And I think that this community and our church could benefit from another sustainable relationship in our community. And I think we have the capacity to do that. On accident and maybe through some Facebook stalking about a year ago, we began to talk about a dream of what it would look like to connect to PRP High School. We've had connections with them before. I'm told by PRP alum that I meet in the community, oh, I used to have my choir concerts at Ridgewood Baptist Church. So I wonder what rekindling that relationship might look like for us. And we're still figuring it out as, as we go. There's, there's nothing in stone. But part of this relationship is because PRP High School has a group of students who identify as LGBTQIA+. I don't think that it would surprise you that there are some in this community who are not accepting of them. Let me also say we are not seeking to build this relationship with PRP for the sake of gaining church members. That is not why we do justice work. But if we could remind or even just tell these students that they are loved by God, and the people of Ridgewood Baptist Church, imagine what kind of impact that could make on their lives. And I want to highlight one more because it's bold and I love it. Last week, um, our trustees met after church. Same question. If there was nothing hindering you, what would you do? For decades now, we have known that Chapel Hall is not accessible to those who are in wheelchairs. It limits the kind of ministry we can offer because there are some folks who can't get there. And I know if you've been part of Ridgewood for any time, we have talked through how do we make this happen? 
the trustees want to make it happen. We are looking for grants. We are looking for knowledge. We are looking at research. We want to make this possible so everyone can enjoy the ministries of Ridgewood Baptist Church and those that meet here. I could go on, but you will get a letter. And there's lots of words in that letter about lots of dreams that we want to make happen next year. But here's the thing. I could sit up here and talk all day about the dreams. But we need your commitment of time, of talent, and yes, of treasure. I have personally been so energized by these groups the last few weeks, the leaders who have been dreaming about what could be. But I keep coming back to the knowledge that this church is generous. If it wasn't generous, it wouldn't be here. I'm convinced of it. If it wasn't full of generous people, we would not be here. Generous with your time and your talent and your treasure. But two and a half years ago, we entered into a time of loneliness. We were stretched thin, we were stressed, we were isolated, and we were desperate. We were in desperate need to be together. And remember, there are two reasons those lepers asked for mercy. Relief from physical pain or a longing for connection to others. When that leper came back, it was not just about receiving healing and going on as normal. Faith is the intentional turn around and return to God who heals us, who comforts us, who shows us mercy before we go forward into the world to make connections with others. It's why fellowship meals, PRP high school, and a wheelchair ramp all belong together. So in 2023, I want Ridgewood to know God's mercy and grace and be generous with that mercy and grace to one another and then take that mercy and grace to the world who so desperately needs it. But that vision will not be achieved without your commitment. I would ask that in these next few weeks as we approach Commitment Sunday, as you receive your letter this week and learn of even more dreams that we're dreaming, you would pray over what you're willing to commit. Whether it's your time or talent or treasure. And I'll also, I'll start here. I'll end here and I'll start here. Each week as I finish my sermon, I go down to the front and I offer an invitation. 
That is an invitation to follow more closely in the footsteps of Christ. It might be through membership here. It might be through following a full-time call to ministry. It might be through baptism. Jackson ran down the aisle a couple of weeks ago. We love it. So I'll start here. Maybe your commitment begins with membership here. Maybe uh, being generous starts with saying, I want to be part of this community. Maybe that's something that's foreign to you. Maybe that's something you thought you would never do again because of the burns that you have from before. Or maybe it's something you're ready for. But I would encourage you to commit to this generous community and join in the grace and the mercy that we are on mission to share. Amen.